Welcome to Tamimi Talks, an insightful podcast series on the latest legal news and developments across the Middle East and North Africa. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Nazani Matsutlu, a senior associate in Al Tamimi and Company's corporate structuring team and a member of its education core sector team. I'm joined by my colleagues, Elizabeth Shorky and Noor Reif, both associates in our corporate commercial team in our Egypt office. Today, we are going to look at the opportunities and challenges for foreign investors who are focusing on the education sector in Egypt. In this episode of Tamimi Talks, specifically, we will cover Egypt's technological resources when it comes to education, the challenges facing foreign investors in private education in Egypt, and investment opportunities in the sector. Because of Egypt's population and economic clout, these are important issues in a regional context. Of course, Egypt is not the only country in the MENA region with government is looking to mobilize foreign capital and know-how in its national education sector. However, the changes that are underway could have greater impact than in other MENA countries. Elizabeth, you're working in the Egypt office and are aware of the current situation on the ground there. Please tell us more about Egypt's technological resources when it comes to education. The Egyptian private educational sector is currently one of the most attractive sectors for investment purposes. So with the introduction of various new international schools and universities in Egypt, it has become a hotspot for investment for all educational stakeholders. The government from its side has been exerting efforts to support and work hand in hand with the private sector to enhance the quality of education in Egypt through its initiatives and regulations. With Egypt's arguably limited technological resources, it was capable of shifting towards a more innovative approach. Even though COVID put Egypt's educational sector at test, it was still able to adapt by transitioning and accelerating the demand for edtech. So it actually seems like COVID drove the edtech focus for startups towards tutoring and away from management systems. With the emergence of edtech startups in Egypt, indicators show a highly receptive rate in the educational sector and market, as one edtech startup called Orcas, connecting parents and students to nearby tutors, teachers, and online videos and courses, successfully secured an amount of $2.1 million in its pre-series A round a few months back. So with the shift towards a more innovative approach in mind, in early 2021, the former Egyptian Minister of Education, Torre Shaui, issued two ministerial decrees, granting unlimited foreign ownership in international and private schools, and thereby abolishing the previously imposed 20% cap. While this change was faced with some criticism by educational experts, it is clear that investors are satisfied with the new decrees. Experts say that the new regulations will help boost investment in the education sector and help current operators improve and meet the demand for educational services, which is in line with current market practices in the education sector and explains the increasing number of transactions recently. Thank you, Elizabeth. So, in other words, the opportunities come from government policy, the amount of capital available and new technologies. We are talking about radical and positive changes here. Noor, are there serious constraints on entrepreneurs who want to exploit these opportunities? So with all the efforts of both the public and private sectors to attract investment, there tend to be some disadvantages hindering such an appeal to investors. So as a part of the government's attempt to involve the private sector in elevating and assisting in the provision of education to less fortunate and underprivileged individuals with potential, a certain cost has been imposed on investors. 
In 2019, law number four of the same year was issued on the establishment of a fund that aims to support innovation and talents, known as the Talent Support Fund. While this may seem like a rewarding initiative, it actually acts as a burden to many investors due to the obligatory contribution it enforces. For example, Article 4 of the Talent Support Fund Law and its executive regulations issued by virtue of the Ministerial Decree Number no. 2587 of 2020 stipulate that upon obtaining a resolution for the operation of a private or non-profitable university, a one-time licensing fee shall be imposed on the university. Accordingly, a 5% of the university's approved budget shall be allocated to the talent fund. Also, upon the issuance of a resolution that approves any amendments to the information related to the ownership structure of the university, another 5% shall be imposed on each change made as per the approved resolution issued by the Minister of Higher Education. So even though the article as a whole seems unappealing and concerning for investors, the wording of the article could be argued as vague and incoherent. It is rather unclear how the aforementioned 5% shall be calculated. In addition, Article 4 does not specify precisely whether it applies to direct or indirect change in the ownership structure of the university. Hence, the law, along with its issued executive regulations, contains several loopholes that need to be identified and addressed to solve the misleading points stipulated and to be interpreted in a manner that does not hinder investment in the educational sector. Finally, the two main factors that might be argued as limiting investment in existing universities are the presidential decree requirement for the entry of new investors in the educational sector and university sector and the fulfillment of the 51% of Egyptian ownership requirement. Thank you, Noor, for covering the Talent Support Fund. So, Elizabeth, are there any closing comments that you would like to make? Any top tips or advice to our listeners? And can you explain how Al-Tamimi and company can assist those who are interested in investing in the education sector in Egypt? So as I said, it is quite clear from the increasing number of student enrollment and number of private schools and universities that Egypt has become an investment hotspot. And this is only the case for right now. I mean, there are regulations that happen to impede the set out aims to attract investment and enhance the education sector overall in Egypt. And therefore, it is imperative to revisit these restrictions and ensure their accuracy in addressing their intended aim. At the same time, it is very important to acknowledge the advantages generated as a result of investing in the educational sector in terms of economic growth, enhanced education levels, and accordingly, a positive long-term impact on the standards of living. Our team has extensive experience in the education sector. The Egypt office has been working on uh, over a dozen of transactions in the past year or two, and it seems that work keeps flowing in. So we do have extensive experience and advise uh, regularly, whether on day-to-day corporate work or transactions. Thank you so much, Elizabeth and Noor. To conclude this episode of Tamimi Talks, Our recommendation to any investor with an interest in education in Egypt is simple. Watch that space. The regulations may well change. The cost of doing business could get lower and access to opportunities may become easier. Of course, new technology will continue to provide investors with new possibilities in Egypt as in other countries. Egypt's education sector certainly is developing quickly. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Tamimi Talks. We hope that you found our discussion insightful. If there is any area of the conversation that you would like to discuss or want more information on, please get in touch with us.
Thank you for listening to Tamimi Talks. Stay updated with all the latest legal news and developments on our social media channels.